0: KPBS On Demand is supported by UC San Diego Art Power is presenting Indian fusion band Red Bharat, mixing Indian bhangra rhythms, hip-hop, and funk music, March 23rd at the Epstein Family Amphitheater. Tickets and information about upcoming concerts and events at artpower.ucsd.edu. You're listening to KPBS Midday Edition. I'm Jade Hindman. What first comes to mind when you think about preserving your physical health? Perhaps it's to exercise or eat better. But a new podcast series exploring the relationship between technology and our bodies investigates how time spent online can seriously mess with our physical health. The six-part podcast series called Body Electric is an exploration with neuroscientists and psychologists to find the reasons and the ways these tech habits are affecting our anatomy. I find myself sitting, I find myself staring at screens, I find myself trapped. In that world, I'm
1: not moving as much as I could or should. My shoulders sometimes hurt sitting at a computer, hunched over. It doesn't seem like it's something that takes a lot of energy, but it absolutely does. I'm not sleeping great. I'm so tense and tight. Yeah, I think I feel it most in my eyes, and it almost feels like you're drunk or something. It's like, it's such a dizzy, distractive, it's almost disassociative.
0: Here to talk more about that is the host of NPR's TED Radio Hour, Manouche Zamarati. Manush, welcome to Midday Edition. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Jade. Glad to have you here. So, okay, let's, let's talk about it. Body Electric. So what was the inspiration behind this? It's a very interesting concept, sort of connecting our digital lives to our physical bodies. So tell me more about that. Yeah. So over the last
1: decade, I have done public radio projects to sort of help people experiment with their habits, their digital habits, uh, about things like the attention economy and how we distract ourselves with technology. We've looked at information overload. Uh, We've looked into digital privacy. But it was really over the pandemic that I started realizing more and more that this <laughs> this relationship that I had with my technology, the constant sitting and contorting my body towards screens all the time while I was working, while I was relaxing, I just wanted to know, were there long-term effects on this? How was my relationship with my technology impacting my body. Was I actually adapting to my technology? And so this sort of set me off on this investigation, which, as you said, we're calling Body Electric, which explores sort of from top to toe about how, yes, our bodies are adapting to our habits.
0: Oh, we'll talk about that some more. I mean, you know, normally when thinking about improving our health, we, you know, we try to eat healthier or exercise, but this is different. So what type of role does tech have on our health?
1: Yeah. Well, you know, and it's interesting to think back, right, because economic eras have always shaped human anatomy. Like in the past, you know, the way we work has always changed the way we use our bodies. So hunter-gatherers were lean and nimble for all the foraging and hunting and fishing that we did for hundreds of thousands of years. Uh, then about 12,000 years ago, the agricultural revolution happens. We're farming. We don't have to run around quite as much to get food, but there's still a ton of movement in our lives. And then even until about 5,000 years ago when the chair was invented, um, it's weird to think of you know, that as a technology. Uh, it's attached to me most of the time. Um, but for a long time, mostly just rich and powerful people owned chairs. And so we look at the literature. There's like little mention of chairs in the Iliad, the Odyssey, even the Bible, even into the early 1600s when Shakespeare wrote King Lear, the word chair only pops up about four times and people didn't really sit on them until the Industrial Revolution. That is when work gets more efficient. We start having this concept of leisure time, of sitting. And then you fast forward a bit. You get to the 1930s, and that's when you see white-collar workers, offices with lots of desks, and that's when we start sitting for a living. Then, of course, 70s, 80s, and 90s, desktop computers come into the workplace, into our homes. You get laptops. You get smartphones. And – here we are, the information age. 92% of all jobs require digital skills and nearly 85% of all jobs are sedentary. And we are starting to see the effects. In the last 20 years, the rate of young people with type 2 diabetes has doubled. It is predicted that by 2030, 40% of the world's population will be nearsighted. Um, And as you say, we already knew like that sitting is bad for us. But there's a lot more to it. One historian I talked to says he thinks of it as that we have anthropocene bodies, bodies that have adapted to having everything on demand and being uber efficient. And I think the way I think about it is as we've made our lives, we're so busy, we're we're moving so fast that really we've put ourselves in the middle of a slow-moving health crisis that we each sense a little bit every day when we feel awful at the end of a day of sitting attached to our computer, but then we, we distract ourselves with other screens and we don't think about it.
0: Right. I mean, so tell me more about how our bodies are, are physically adapting to meet the demands of this information age. I mean, how are everyday activities like sitting at that computer or having your neck cocked down looking at a cell phone? How does that affect our health? Well, I, we talked in episode three that's coming out soon, uh, we talked to an ophthalmologist
1: who's been doing research into why so many kids are going nearsighted. The the rates are just soaring, and it's happening to kids who are younger and younger. And for m- most of the time, people have thought, oh, myopia is genetic. But she has done research that actually shows, no, your eyes will adapt to looking uh, right in front of you, Uh, they'll get better at looking at a screen. If if it thinks that that's what you want to do most of the time, your eyes will elongate and get better at looking close. But that's what makes you nearsighted. And so her, her two things she said that's really fascinating is, well, one is you need to get out and scan the horizon because your eyes need a workout. They need to be told. You need to be able to continue to look far, eyeballs. But the other thing she talked about is how Chinese parents are way ahead of a lot of American parents in terms of understanding that there is treatment. So she opened the first myopia control treatment center in the United States. And these are one of the treatments they offer is a type of contact lens that you sleep in that reshapes your eyeball so that kids don't need to wear glasses during the day and that they actually stop the progression of myopia.
0: Oh, wow. Wow. Can we find those in America?
1: Yes, you can. They are starting to catch on. Uh, I have two kids and I had never heard of it, but she, she says that, yes, people are catching on to it here.
0: Ah, well, that's good. Um, one unique feature of, of this series is that that you're incorporating a research study with the listeners. So tell me more about that.
1: Yes, this is really, really exciting. So back in January, I read a study um, done by Columbia University Medical Center researchers that found that the gold standard, the best way to mitigate the long-term effects of a sedentary lifestyle was to simply move for five minutes every half hour, when I read this, I was so intrigued, Jade. I was like, that's it. That's all we have to do. And so I um, I went and asked if I could be a participant. So I went to the lab and I sat for one <laughs> – the first day I sat at a my computer at a desk for eight hours straight and they measured my glucose, my heart rate, my blood pressure, my movement – and then I went back a week later and every half hour they would tap me on the shoulder and I would go and gently walk on a treadmill. So two miles an hour. So, you know, not fast at all. So I'd go over there. They'd measure my all my vitals. And then um, they compared the results of the two days. And it was kind of a shock. I cut my glucose levels when I walked. I cut my glucose levels in half. My blood pressure was down by 4 by five points. And I rated my mood, I had less anxiety, less <laughs> depression. And I rated the quality of my work as over 40% better than the day that I was sitting and grinding it out and not moving. So I think, you know, there's a lot of lessons here, right? It doesn't take doing jumping jacks. and But it does require regular interruptions. But if in the end, our work is actually better, maybe That's okay.
0: Right, right. So it sounds like every 30 minutes you need to get up and get a cup of water at least.
1: (laughs) Exactly, exactly. So, what you're bringing up though, sorry, is the interactive portion of this. So, after I was in the lab, I was like, okay, well, can we do this? Like, is it possible? Like, in the lab, it was great. Someone got me and put me on a treadmill, but I wanted to understand, like, would it be strange if on Zoom meetings people started standing up and shuffling side to side? Like, what if in conference rooms people just walked slowly in a circle while they had their meeting could we start to make it so that sitting isn't the default position for everything we do all day I mean it starts right when we go to school right you learn to sit still and listen so that's the question we're asking listeners can you help us see is it possible for us to do these movement snacks and, and what are the changes we need to make in our lives so that it is possible? Does your boss need to condone it? How do you do you change the way you schedule your time? Because as Keith Diaz puts it, if there's if this is impossible, well, then he doesn't want to study it anymore. But if people find ways to change the culture at their work, in their families, wherever they are, so that it becomes more normal
0: for people to be moving, well, then maybe we're on to something here. Exactly. It's going to take a cultural change in the workplace. You're listening to KPBS Midday Edition. I'm Jade Hindman, speaking with Manush Zamaradi about a new series she has called Body Electric for NPR's TED Radio Hour. What kind of impact are you hoping this podcast has on people? Well,
1: you know, I've done these interactive studies before, but they were more sort of anecdotal evidence. So partnering with an academic institution to do a proper study, you know, it's we have no access to the data. It is completely anonymized. So I think this is kind of a first that we're having listeners join in and actually potentially having a real research project come out of this that may be published. That's super exciting to me. But honestly, I think it's really in the little things. Um, Observing yourself, you know. The other day I realized I did not get up for three hours. Uh, I ignored my bladder. I ignored the fact that my left foot was asleep. And luckily, I love my job. You know, that's part of the reason why I get so sucked into it. But I don't like how I feel at the end of the day. And that's what we hear from a lot of listeners. They're exhausted at the end of the day. They have headaches. Their eyes twitch to the point where what do they go do? They go sit on the couch and look at another screen, whether that's Netflix or Instagram on their phone. And so uh, that's the other thing that has been found in the lab. The more you have these movement snacks – the more energized you feel. So, I mean, I, I, I really, what I hope is that people find a zest for being in touch with their bodies. It's that simple. I think we are disconnected from ourselves physically a lot of the time.
0: Yeah, and, and I guess it's, you know, because we're so connected to our, our devices. So the first part of Body Electric is out. What are some of the other stories you'll be telling over the course of this series?
1: Yeah, we speak to a neuroscientist at the University of Pittsburgh about New uh, connections between our core muscles, our uh, adrenal glands, which of course produce the hormone of cortisone, our stress response, and parts of the brain to understand how our posture actually impacts our our mood and our stress levels. So maybe that's part of the reason we feel so bad at the end of the day. We put ourselves into postures where we don't use our core muscles. Uh, That's one of the hypotheses. We also talk to another neuroscientist who is studying something called interoception. This is our ability to monitor what our bodies need. Um, And he's looking at why for some people they struggle with interoception to the point where they see physical effects, whether that's uh, eating disorders, anxiety, depression. Um, I don't know if you heard about the tick-tock tick phenomenon where uh, young people were seemingly c- c- catching Tourette's-like syndromes. And, you know, why is it that young people seem to be so impacted even physically by some of the uh, things they take in online? There is a lot we don't know, but it's so fascinating to, to see some of the new connections between the body and mind that researchers
0: are starting to find. Wow. So, I mean, this is a topic you're no doubt fascinated with. And I'm curious, after doing this series, are you more hopeful that we can really improve our relationship with technology and live better lives and um, live with it?
1: I am, because clearly we have struck a nerve here. We have thousands of people signed up to do the study. Um, You know, this is not Rocket science talking about how you feel bad because you're attached to your phone all day or your laptop. I think, but I think giving language to it is really important. Talking about it, you know, we talk about oh, she had too much screen time. Well, what if we started to say, did you get your stroll time in today? You know, (laughs) how are how? What are simple little things we can do so that we feel that movement is. Uh, integral to our daily lives, not like, oh, no, I have to go upstairs to get my charger, you know? <laughs> so uh, there was one school we also visited that made me think, OK, maybe we can do this. This is a school where kids uh, don't have desks, where a third of their day is spent moving. They have math basketball and just seeing there are places that are experimenting with different types of things. And I think we just, if we make it, I've seen things change when it comes to our uh, relationship to technology, our understanding of the good and bad that
0: comes with it. And so I think this can change, too. Wow. Manoush Zamarati is the host of NPR's TED Radio Hour and Body Electric. You can find the TED Radio Hour and its new Body Electric series wherever you listen to podcasts. Manoush, thank you so much for your insight and joining us. Thank you. It was a real pleasure. That's our show for today. Don't forget to watch Evening Edition tonight at 5 for in-depth reporting on San Diego issues. We'll be back tomorrow at noon. And if you ever miss a show, you can find the Midday Edition podcast on all platforms. I'm Jade Hindman. Thanks for listening.